So according to the tradition, the other disciple that John is writing about in his gospel here uh, is, is himself. So when it says that Simon Peter and the other disciple uh, went off, uh, the other disciple is, is the one who's writing the gospel. So he's writing it from his perspective. And there's, there's kind of a, a, a playful sort of way of interpreting this. So um, the three other gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, some people say that they're traditionally um, the, the, the authors, uh, in addition to what they themselves have seen firsthand with their eyes, also received uh, some of their information from Peter himself, Peter the Apostle. And in those Gospels, Peter uh, the Apostle and, and the other Apostles, uh, including James and John, who was the author of this Gospel. So in those other Gospels, James and John sometimes can, can look like they get kind of like a bad rap. They're the ones who come to Jesus and they say, Master, do for us whatever, whatever you, we want you to do. Right? And he's like, what do you want? And then they, they take claim. They're like, let us sit at your right and your left. In other words, they're like, let us be your best apostles. You know, like, let us have the highest status. Right? And, and Jesus kind of rebukes them a little bit. He's like, you don't know what you're asking for. Right? And it's, it's not for me even to decide that. That's for the Father to decide. Anyway, James and John kind of look bad. And so you could imagine Peter kind of filling them in on these details. Like, oh, yeah, don't forget to include this part about then James and John. Right? Like, they came up and they asked. They made this ridiculous request. So now John is writing this gospel, and he's the last of the gospels to be written. So you can imagine then, right? So, um, so she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, whom, who, the one whom Jesus loved, right? The other disciple who's John, right? Peter, you made me look bad? Now let me tell you, right? The one who Jesus loved, right? That's the one. And then what? They, 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 Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first, right? Uh, when, <laughs> when Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths. And then the other disciple also went in, the one who arrived at the tomb first, right? So it's, it's this sort of like playful thing of, of like the apostles kind of, of course they're writing, for the, they're writing for us, right? They're writing the gospels for us, but to like let ourselves almost like, as we're imagining this, to let ourselves laugh at this, like remembering that these guys were friends, and not just friends, but that they were united in, in this one deep bond. What, what was that bond? Well, it's today. You know, I think, I think we could all sort of bother to ask ourselves the question, you know, like, what are we doing here? What, what are you doing here today? What am, what am I doing up here talking? Like, what's going on? What, like, what is it that we're celebrating? Well, we're celebrating, you know, Easter. Okay, but like, what is, what is Easter? You know, like, I think about my, my life, my childhood, my, my, the memory, when I think of Easter, the memory that comes to my mind, first and foremost, is, is this, that when I was a kid, my family went to stay at my aunt and uncle's place uh, for, for Easter, and we went to bed on Holy Saturday night, as of course you do, and then you wake up on Easter Sunday, and you're excited not to go to church, because who gets excited to go to church, right? You're excited to find out, like, where's the candy and where's the Easter basket? And I remember very vividly walking into my aunt's and uncle's living room, and the floor was just covered with Mike and Ikes. And I remember just being so excited and, like, crawling on the floor and collecting as much of the candy as possible. Right? So, like, if you go back to, you know, little Brian, you know, who still was probably taller than a lot of you, right? Because I'm so tall. Uh, 
But you go back and you ask, like, little Brian, like, what are you, what are you doing? Well, I'm celebrating Easter. Yeah, but like, what is Easter? I don't really know, but I'm just really glad there's candy on the floor right now. Right, like, I, I think it's worth asking that question, like, what is Easter? You know, I'm, I'm, I don't actually, I was thinking about this morning, I don't actually remember that we went to church after that. I'm sure we did, because that's what you do on, you know, all good Catholic families, Christmas and Easter at least, right? And so, but it's like, you know, like, did I know what Easter is? Do you know what Easter is? Well, you know, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, but like, what does that, right? We can, we can play this, this game that children love to play, which is just to keep asking questions. But what does that mean? Well, you know, like, Jesus, he died, and then he came back to life. Okay, but, like, was that for a purpose, or was he just, like, doing a magic trick, or, you know, like, what's, like, what's going on there? Well, you know, like, he, he died so that, you know, we can, you know, have our sins forgiven. Okay, but, like, what, like, what is that, right? So this, this is the thing I just want to talk about this, this morning, is this, like, what is it that we believe? Like, why are we here? Maybe some of us don't actually know. Maybe a lot of us are like me when I was a child. You're actually thinking like, okay, this homily is already getting a little long, Father. I've got candy waiting for me at home, and it would be really awesome if you could just speed things up. Sorry to disappoint you, I'm not going to, right? So what are we doing? This, this is what we're doing, you guys. God created everything. Everything that exists, we believe this. As Christians, as Catholic Christians, we believe that there is a God who made everything, a God who is far more powerful than anything that we could possibly think of. He created the universe, which is incredibly massive. He created the universe and everything within it. And everything that he makes, his favorite creature is you. Not like y'all. His favorite creature is you and me. Individually, he looks at each one of us in the eyes. He's not limited in the same way that we are limited. He has no body, and so he's able to be in all places at all times. And he's able to look intensely at each one of you and say to you, you are so precious to me. And I, I know everything about your life everything that you're super proud of and everything that you just take delight in and all of the things that you're actually embarrassed about and ashamed of in your life. I know about it all and I love you so much. And everything that I've made, I've made for you. And yet, in spite of that, we, the human person, Rather than embracing God's love and receiving everything that he gives for us, we decide to rebel against him. We call this sin. And that because of sin, because of the first sin, we call it the fall, because of that, we end up locked outside of heaven. We end up separated from God for eternity. So that to be human after sin, is to be stuck in this place of slavery. St. Peter mentions this uh, in, in the first reading about how, how Jesus, right, we'll get to Jesus, went about doing good and healing all of those who are oppressed by the devil. We, the human person, are oppressed by the devil. That is to say that there is an enemy of our race who wants us 
to rebel against God so that we can't share life with God and become like him. And we're stuck in this place, locked outside of heaven. So what are we celebrating? Today, we're celebrating that God incredibly, right, incredibly responds to the rebellion of his favorite creature by sending his son Jesus to go to war against the oppressor, to go to war against the enemy. Why? So that he could unlock the gates of heaven. We read about this in our opening prayer. What did I say? We prayed, O God, who on this day, through your only begotten Son, have conquered death and unlocked for us the path to eternity. Because of what Jesus has done, because of his death and his resurrection, he has conquered death so that you no longer need to fear death. You no longer need to fear anything. You no longer need to be oppressed by the enemy of our race. But instead, because of what God has done in the person of Jesus Christ, his son, we now have something to look forward to. Think of it, think of it like this, okay? I don't... I don't often use tools when I preach, but think of it like this, right? So I got this really long rope. We believe this as Christians, that we all live. And after we die, because everybody dies, there is another life after death that just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And it keeps going. It's a really long rope, right? And, like this, and this is the thing. The rope ends, but eternity doesn't actually end. This is what we believe. Before Jesus... Before Jesus, whenever someone would die, get to the end of this little yellow part of the rope. Whenever somebody died, that meant for them eternal punishment. It meant torture and abuse and use. Jesus talks about this as a wailing and grinding of teeth. But now that Jesus has come, he's unlocked a way for us so that after we die, we can actually enter into life with God. That this eternal part can be something that is more incredible than anything you could possibly imagine or even experience on this earth. This is the good news of what Jesus has done in unlocking for us, conquering death and unlocking the path to eternity. But this is the thing, brothers and sisters. God does this, but he does it with some expectations. What, is, what does St. Peter say at the end of our reading? He says this, Jesus commissioned us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. That is to say that Jesus is going to return, whether it's when we face the end of our yellow part or whether he comes back even before we face the end of the yellow part. And when he comes, he's going to judge us. And the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us, that there are many who, when they are judged by him, will not actually enter into the life that he wants to give us. But because of their choices, because of their refusal to follow his ways, they'll actually enter into destruction. That it'll be revealed that they actually have insisted on remaining oppressed by the enemy of our race. This is the thing. God has sent his son Jesus to rescue us from sin and death so that we no longer have to fear death. We no longer have to sin against God. But he doesn't force us to receive that gift. He doesn't force us to actually follow after him out of the darkness and into the light of his kingdom. 
And so this, like, you guys, this is what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating today that Jesus, he died. But if he had stayed dead, then everything he said would have been a lie. But in rising from the dead, he is proving that he is exactly who he says that he is. And so for us who choose to believe in him, to surrender to him, we actually have to live for him. So that when we get to the end of our little yellow part here, the end of our lives on earth, we can enter into life that is so magnificent and so amazing. The sort of tricky part of this is that Jesus says that it's hard. And we know this, that it's actually hard to follow his commandments. How many of us, when we hear about something like this, when we hear about how we need to not just believe in Jesus, but we need to follow his ways, how many of us, when we think about all the different rules that we have as Catholic Christians, when we think about the commandments that the Bible delivers to us, how many of us think, you know, like, that just seems like a bit too much. I don't think that one's meant for me. Maybe for other people, but you know, like, I'm not, I haven't killed anyone. And when we think about that, it's like we're missing out on so much of what Jesus wants to give us. We're missing out on the life that he promises us. And it's this life that goes on and on and on. And this is like this to me is the the big question. When you get to this point in your life, in eternity, and you've chosen to follow Jesus, follow his ways and keep his commandments to become a friend of Jesus, when you get to this point in eternity, Do you think you're going to even remember any of the sacrifices that you had to make during this part? There's not a chance. In other words, the question is like, what in this life will not be worth sacrificing for the sake of having glory with God forever? What wouldn't be worth it? Now, this is the thing, brothers and sisters. We all still sin. I sin, you sin. But we don't have to. Any one of us can choose today because we're still in the yellow part. Any one of us today can choose to say, you know what? Up to this point, I've been thinking more about earthly things. I've been living more for the pleasures of this world. I haven't actually been thinking about eternity. I haven't actually been following the ways of God, the ways of Jesus, the commandments that he gives to us, the commandments of the church. I haven't actually been living for that. And if I was to die today, you know what? I'm not super confident actually that I would enter into life, but maybe I would actually enter into destruction. Let this brothers and sisters be an invitation from you, from the Lord for you to turn around because this is the good news of the gospel that no matter how we've been living up to this point, the gospel, Jesus Christ and his mercy always, always offers to us an opportunity to repent. That is to turn from our worldly ways and to do what St. Paul says, which is to seek what is above. That if up to this point in your life, you haven't been looking for Jesus, you haven't been considering eternity, Today, you can begin. Today, you can begin, or even if you have been seeking what is above and living for eternity, you can begin again with a fresh kind of energy today. 
to say, you know what, from now on, I'm not actually going to be concerned about things or people or places that are going to lead me into a life of destruction, an eternity of destruction. But instead today, I'm going to make the decision to respond appropriately to what God has done in the person of Jesus who has come to me, not just to us, but who has come to me and set me free and unlocked for me the path to eternal life with him. And I'm going to live my life for him. From now on, looking for him and for him alone. Seeking first what is above, and not just first, but seeking only. Looking for him everywhere that I go. How do I do that? I got to look for him in the places where he's going to be found. This is the thing, after our gospel passage today, they, they go back and they're amazed, but Mary Magdalene stays, she sticks around the tomb. And when she sticks around the tomb, go home and read John chapter 20. When she sticks around the tomb, what happens? She's looking for Jesus and Jesus shows up and he reveals himself to her. And so this is the question, right? Where are you looking for Jesus? Are you looking for him? But if you are, where are you looking for him? He's going to be found where he says that he will be found. That is to say, he's going to be found at Mass. He's going to be found in the Bible. He's going to be found in prayer. He's going to be found in spending time with other disciples of Jesus. He's going to be found in the poor and serving them. He's going to be found in all of the sacraments. Brothers and sisters, this is the thing. It can be hard. It can be hard to remember eternity. It can be hard to follow the ways of God because sometimes, a lot of times, we have to make real sacrifices to do so. But St. Peter talks about this in the second letter of St. Peter. He says that God has given to us everything that we need in this life so that we can enter into life with God. This is, this is the good news. That yes, it will be hard to enter into life. But God wants us to. And he gives us everything that we need. Not just so that we can survive this life, but so that we can actually begin to look forward to crossing the finish line and entering into a life that's not filled with regret, a life that's not filled with pain or suffering or misery of any kind, but instead, it's entering into a life that is completely full, fuller than anything you can imagine. So I just want to invite you, I want to invite myself, I think the Lord wants to invite all of us to begin in a fresh way today, to believe in him, to follow his ways, to seek what is above, because what is above is everlasting and so incredible.